We're here now in New York studios uh, this morning, broadcasting from the synagogue. It's uh, Wednesday. Wednesday at 10.15 means Tehillim of David HaMedech uh, Shalom. These classes are the brainchild of Dr. Rafi Madda Bishmede Wa'el. Uh, we learned them in memory of his mother, his dear mother, the Tzadeket, Lili Le'abad Virjine, Ruach Adonai Tenihana Begin Eden, Amen. Zichut of the Shi'urim will elevate her pure soul, Begin Zemir Humim, Wutinish Matat Zirurab, Sora Haim, Amen Kenyiratson. The way we uh, do this is we study one chapter a week. By no means are we doing the uh, Perakim, it's complete justice, or even part justice. But nonetheless, we follow the rules of Perkavot that says, Lo It's not upon us to finish the job. We have to start the job, and Be'ezat Hashem, Borewalam knows our intention, one day we'll be able to finish it. Nor can we say that since we can't finish it, therefore we shouldn't start it in the first place. So therefore, we're not free. We're at a famous pedic, Rabotai chapter 20. It's a well-known pedic because we say it mostly every day as part of the prayers. It's Lam Mizmor le David, Ya'ancha Adonai Biyom Yaakov. The chapter finds itself in Tefilat Shaharit. Uh, right after the second Ashre before Ubalitzion, on days that we uh, say Tahanunim, so therefore we also recite this chapter. Uh, interestingly enough, this chapter actually is the source of a halakha that's well known. There's a halakha that says that one should pray the Amidah, the Amidah should be 18 Berachot. And uh, if you actually count the chapters, from the beginning of the Tehillim until the chapter 20. So the Yerushalmi actually says that you'll count 18 chapters. Now, how does that work? So the Yerushalmi in Ta'anit says, Lama tiknu asra berachot. Where they got the 18 berachot in the Amidah? Rabbi Yoshua ben Nevi Yomer, Keneged shemona eslim mizmorot, shekatub merosho shel Tehillim ad ya'ancha Hashem biyom sarah. So it's the 18 chapters. How can it be 18? This is chapter 20. So what is Yerushalmi talking about? So if a guy comes along and says, Tisha'israhin, if a guy's going to tell you it's 18, Remember we learned that Ish, the first chapter and the second chapter actually one. That's the Gemara Berachot says, they combined. So if we have 18 chapters, so this technically will be the 19th chapter. And what does the 19th chapter say? God should answer you. So after you pray the 18th berachot, you should get answered. We said another name is that it works out perfectly the 19th because we have an extra berachah in the Amidav, Laminim, Velamalchinim. So there was actually 19 chapters. And then right after the 19th chapter, what does God say? You finish the Amidah, God will answer your tefilot. So that's the name is... Right? Oh, and that's the second halakha. The second halakha is that we learn from this chapter the halakha that says you have to be somech that when you pray the amidah in the morning 
you say, Baruch Atah Hashem Ga'al Yisrael, and immediately you have to start the Amidah. How do they know that? Because the Pasuk right before this chapter, in back in 19, the end of chapter 19, what's the last words? Adonai Suri, the Go'ali. That's Ga'al Yisrael. And then what? Ya'anka Hashem. Then go pray the Amidah, and God will answer your tefillot. So there's a name is, to being Somek Ge'ula, Litfilah. So that's the halakhic uh, element of the uh, of the Perik. I will tell you also that this chapter has tremendous, tremendous uh, sigula powers. <clears throat> Specifically, the Chaim Vital writes that if a lady is in labor, that one should read this chapter. And one of the reasons he says is because there's nine pesukim in the chapter. And double checking, I don't question it. Well, I guess he's not counting Lam Nasayam as well as David, because that's an automatic. But from Ya'an Hashem to the end, there's nine Pesukim, which is connected to nine months of labor, or nine months of pregnancy, I should say. So therefore, it brings the Leda on. And I didn't count it, but I trust his words. He says there's 70 words in the chapter. And the Kabbalah writes that before a lady gives birth, she has to have 70 labor pains. I don't know if they have to have big, big pains or small pains. So once you read the 70, that's going to get the 70 pains that must precede the opening of the, of the womb. So therefore the chapter has uh, definitely uh, sigulot. So if any lady uh, you know, wants to know what should they read when they're, in, uh, when they're in labor, tell the husband to read chapter 20 in the Tehilim and uh, the chapter will uh, do its job. <clears throat> but today... We came to explain a, uh, a sword in the chapter, a secret in the chapter. And uh, that's really uh, the sword of Yabuk, exactly. Everybody, our members are familiar with Yabuk uh, secret. If you look in the end of the chapter, the last pasuk is Adonai Yoshia HaMelech Ya'anenu. The simple explanation is God will redeem us. The king, Ya'anenu, will answer us on the day that we call to him. And Arizal says that the Rashid Tevot Ya'anenu Biyom Korenu is Rashid Tevot Yabok. Yabok is one of the holy names of Akadosh Baruch Hu, and it stands for something. What does Yabok stand for? It stands for a... Uh, a combination of two of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's names. One of the names is Havaya, Yudke Vavke, and one is Elohim. Yudke Vavke is 26. Elohim, of course, is 86. Now, 26 and 86 would equal 112, which is Gematria Yabok. <clears throat> Yud Bet Kof is 112, so that's Gematria Havaya Elohim. Now, what does... The significance of that. It's not enough just to know, okay, we have a nice gematria, 112, 112. By the way, there's another gematria, which we won't go into today, but there's also Ekiyeh, Havaya, and Adanut. Ekiyeh is 21, and Havaya is 26. 26 and 21 is 47, and then you have Adanut. Adanut is 65. 65 and 47 is also 112. So there's different ways to get to the 112. That we'll discuss uh, at a different uh, at a different time. Today we want to discuss what the Arizal said is the sword of Yabok Shem Habaya Elokim Beshidu. Now, in this chapter, 
Reb Haim Vital says there's many allusions to the Yabok. Uh, we have our uh, Sidur. I think if you look at um, look at Ya'ancha Hashem Beyom, the first three words of Pasuk Bet. Ya'ancha is a Yud. Hashem is a Yud. And uh, Beyom uh, is what? Is a, is a Bet. And Sarah. Sarah is a 90. Oh, so it's, you have to do the second. So it's Hashem Beyom Sarah. So that would be, oh yeah, Ya'ancha Hashem Beyom Sarah. Would be Yud Yud Bet, that's 22, plus Sarah is 90, 90 plus 22, back to 112. So you have another Remez of Yabok right in the beginning. And if I'm not mistaken, Rabbeinu Ari brings uh, a few uh, Remazim throughout the Perik. We have it in our Sidur, a few of them. Let's see where we could find where the Yabok is hiding. Right, the first one is Ya'ancha Hashem Beyom Sarah, Rashetevot Yabok. Uh, the other one is going to be, go to Pasuk, Atayadarti, Ki Yoshia Adonai Meshicho, Ya'aneu Meshemeh, Kodcho Bigburot Yesha. So Kodcho is a kof, that's 100, Bigburot Yesha, Bet Yud is 12, that's another Yabok, you have, and then a few Pesukim later, Hemma Karu Venafalu, Venafalu, Venachnu Kamnu. Vav Vav Kof, also 112. And then you have, of course, the last one, Ya'anenu B'yom Kore'enu. So you got four or five Ya'boks, uh, you know, hiding uh, in, the, uh, in the chapter. So that must be the sword of the, of the, of the Perik. What is the sword of Havaya Elohim? So let's go now and try to crack the, uh, try to crack the code. Why? Why is this Shem all over the place when it comes to Perik Chaf? What is the Shem Ya'bok? Uh, actually, in this week's parasha, again, we always try to find a remez to what we're learning in the Tehilim, to the parashat HaShavua. Uh, I don't know what the remez is, but all I know is that when Yaakov Abinu went to fight the angel, the pasuk says that he went over a river, and the river is called Ma'avad Yabok. <laughs> and the Torah went out of its way to tell me. It wasn't the Mississippi River or the Amazon, it was the Yabok. Why would the Torah have to tell me uh, that uh, he's crossing Ma'avad Yabok. You know, that's, that's, that's not an information that I would need to know. What it was, was. Unless something about Ma'avad Yabok is significant to that uh, to fight. Uh, maybe, maybe we're able to get to that. All right. What does the chapter say? There's days that are called Yom Tzara. There's days that are troubling days. It seems that what? That this is a, a template not only for David Amalek's life, but the Tehidim is for Klai Israel's journey. You know, everybody goes through, unfortunately, Yom Tzadah. So at the time that a person is going to go through Yom Tzadah, it could be a health concern, it could be financial, it could be uh, something with his children, or Shidduchim, and <clears throat> whatever it may be, business pressures, etc. Whatever a person is going through in life, the Pasuk says, God will answer you. In whose merit? So the Torah he is telling us it's in the Zikut of Yaakov Abinu that And what does that mean? He'll send you his aid from Eris Israel, from Tzion, from the Beta Mikdash. And uh, we go a little further, give you your heart's desires, all your ideas will fulfill. 
Nirannena bishuatecha, we rejoice in the in, in, in your redemption. Shimon and the goal will come together in the name of God. So the question over here is, what is the inyan of Yaakov Abinu over here? Why not? So in order to understand the sword over here, Rabotai, we need to really discuss something that happened, and I'm not doing this only because it's the Parashat Shavua last week. It happens to be the chapter perfectly converged to something that we learned last week in Parashat Vayetzeh. I don't know if you noticed, but for those that uh, read the Shnaim Targum, for those that learn Parashat Shavua, you must have noticed and paid attention that the construction of Parashat Vayetzeh is very, very, very unique. There's only one other parasha in the Torah, and that's parashat miketz, that's constructed like it. All parashot in the Torah, we call them a parasha, or actually we call it a sidra. In the parasha, they're made up of smaller paragraphs. <clears throat> you look in your homage, you'll notice like after a certain amount of pesukim, you see a letter pe. That's called parasha pituha. Sometimes you'll see after a few sentences, a samich. That's called parasha situma. There's paragraphs, you know, every time it's a new topic, the Torah indents a little few inches in the Torah, and you start a new, uh, a, new, a, new, uh, a, new, a new a new paragraph. Every parasha is made up of parashiyot ketanot, smaller parashiyot. However, in parashat v'yetzeh, it's all one long parasha. There's no small parashiyot. It's parasha ahat from beginning to end. You're not going to see any peh, any samech. One long parasha, and Miketz is the same thing. When we get to Miketz, we'll talk about why Miketz. And the Sheila really is why. Why is it that Parashat Vayetzeh should be written in such, a, in such a way? So, we need to understand the sword, the secret of the dream that Yaakov Abinu had. What's the dream? Yaakov Abinu gets to uh, Bet El. He gets to Eris Israel. Zion, Makoma Mikdash, very holy place. And something happens at that uh, place of Zion, of the Beta Mikdash, the Makoma Mikdash. Yaakov puts his head down on the rocks and he has a dream. Much has been said about this dream, but what we know is it was a sulam. He dreamt of a ladder. And the Torah says the sulam was Mutzav Arza. The sulam had its base on the ground. The Rosho Magia Hashamayim, and the head of the ladder reached the heavens. There's angels that are going up and coming down. And Hashem is over the ladder. What is the significance of this ladder? What is the what is the point of it? Obviously, there was some message that Hakadosh Baruch Hu was was conveying to Yaakov Abinu. What is it? The sword of the Sulam. In order to understand this, so we need to go back to one of the uh, the great Sefarim. I saw it in two Sefarim actually. There's a Sefer called Sefer Ikarim of Rabbeinu Yosef Albo, where he discusses the main principles of Emunah that a Jew has to have. It's also in the Sefer of the Hasid Ya'abetz, where he talks about three primary uh, ikarim, fundamentals of Jewish faith that you must believe in. And otherwise, 
uh, you're considered a defector. Uh, the Rambam actually has 13 principles, but the Hasid Yabetz only has three. One of them is you have to believe that there's a Bore. Okay? There's a God, there's a creator. The second one, which we came to talk about today, is that not only you have to be that there's a creator, but that there's Hashkaha. What does it mean there's Hashkaha? There's divine providence. Hashkaha Piratit. That means there are those that say, yeah, for sure Hashem created the world. It would be ridiculous to think anything else. Well, had the world get here? The world must have been created by God. But after he created the world, Azav Hashem He left the world, he went back to his offices in Shammai, and he's not really involved in the day-to-day stuff. It's too beneath God to get involved in the uh, mundane uh, activities of human beings. <clears throat> so therefore, Allah Shamayim Kibodo, the glory of God remains in the uh, Shamayim. Like the Goyim say, Ram al kol Goyim Adonai, Allah Shamayim Kibodo. The glory of God is in heaven and he really is not involved. And by the way, they have a reason why they subscribe to this. They think they have a proof. What's their proof that Azav Hashem the God left the world? They come along and say, look at the randomness. Just look at the world, and you see it's so uh, unfair in many cases, especially they like to call to our attention, Sadiq Vera'lo. You know, if God was running the world, and God knows everything that's going on, why do the righteous people suffer? Why did a guy that does everything right, and he does all the mitzvot, and he has all the piety, and he struggles? So therefore that indicates that that fact that there's an injustice means that God is not involved. And that's why there's randomness, and that's why there's happenstance, that's why just things happen haphazardly. That's one of the proofs that they like to cite to say that there's no such thing as hashka'apirat, because if there was hashka'apiratit, then every tzaddik should be, uh, you know, living, uh, you know, living on, the, uh, 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 you know, the life of Riley, should have, should have, should have an easy, easy existence. And uh, you see, it's not like that. Oh, and that brings us to a big question. The question of really tzaddik veralo. You know, what, what, what do we say to that? Because we believe this hashkaha. We believe that Borei Olam knows everything that's going on. But then we also struggle, and the greatest philosophers, the greatest tzaddikim also question, you know, uh, why does it happen that, you know, the tzaddik sometimes uh, has to suffer? So if you want to uh, if you want to go back part of the hashkaha tells us that Hashem knows exactly what he's doing and the imunah is that he knows exactly what the tzaddik is up to and whatever's happening to the tzaddik there must be a good reason for it and you're not going to understand it. I know in our generation nobody likes to hear that answer. In our generation, we're addicted to knowledge. We want to, we want to know everything. And today, especially if you have the internet, you can type in any question, and within 1.4 seconds, bingo, you have, you have an answer. And what's the weather in uh, Paraguay? Bingo, they'll tell you the weather in, in one second. And if, it, if it's three seconds, already you call up the internet provider. Hey, my internet's too slow. Why? I, 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 it took two extra seconds to find out the weather in Paraguay. So again, information superhighway. So then you tell a Jew living in this generation, hey, listen, don't ask... Type in Sadiq Vera'lo into the internet. They're going to tell you a certain query, query not found. You know, sorry, that's the, the, the smoke is going to start to come out of your, out of your computer. They, there's no answer to that, Sadiq Vera'lo. It's, it's, it, it takes imunah. But that the Sadiq Vera'lo shouldn't break your imunah in Hashka'a That's the challenge. 
There was people that after the Holocaust, they lost their emunah. Where was God in the Holocaust? We don't judge the, the people that went through it, what they saw, and the, te- the test that, the, you know, that they had for sure. But that, that is the disayon. That with all the questions that a person has, he has to say, He knows what's going on. And it's not just being done uh, 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 on its own uh, without, without Kadosh Baruch Hu's intervention. And this is really the test of the tzaddikim. Take Yaakov Abinu as the classic example. Yaakov Abinu learns Torah for 63 years uninterrupted. Yaakov Ishtam Yoshev And we know, you study Torah, all the beracha comes from the Torah. All the berakot come from learning. Could you imagine learning on Yaakov Abinu's level? 63 years uninterrupted. <clears throat> After the 63 years are up, what happens? Okay, Baruch Hashem, he got the berakot from his father. He got the berakot from his father. That's a great thing. Baruch Hashem, so you see the Torah works. You, you learn Torah, you get berakot. wasn't so easy. He had to trick his brother. I saw, but Baruch Hashem, you learn Torah, you get the berakot. Fantastic. Now you say, wait. After 63 years of learning, what the berakot of his father? Forget it. Yaakov Abinu, you don't have to walk. You could fly. You already have everything you ever want. It's, you talk about a sigula. <clears throat> Yaakov Abinu has all the sigulot. He has the sigula of the Torah. He has the sigula of the berakot. Immediately after he gets the berakot of his father, all of a sudden he finds his whole life turned upside down. What happens? His brother wants to kill him. Overnight, his parents tell him, you got to run. You got to run for your life. Esav's going to kill you. Okay, Yaakov Abinu all of a sudden finds his life uh, filled with unrest and unease. He starts to run away. But Baruch Hashem, he has money. He's a rich man. His father gave him all the, uh, all the money. A few days later, he meets up with his nephew, Eliphaz. And Eliphaz basically strips Yaakov Abinu from everything that he had. And he leaves him with nothing but his stick. Yaakov would say it many years later. I crossed the Jordan with my stick. That's all he had. Eliphaz took everything. To the extent the Gemara says, at that point, Yaakov was considered hashuv kamit. What happened, Abotai? Where, where, where's all the berachot? Where's all the 63 years of learning? Now Yaakov has nothing, not a penny, he doesn't. He wanted to go get married, but he can't go get married because he doesn't have kisef for kedushin. He doesn't even have a coin to say hadat mikudeshetli. Forget about a dowry. Dowry, uh, dowry, no way. Uh, that was taken away a long time ago from Elifaz. But he doesn't even have kisef kedushin. And all of a sudden, Yaakov Abinu goes and he checks himself into the yeshiva for fourteen more years. Okay, so now he's got not sixty-three years of learning. Now he has seventy-seven years of learning with the berachot of his father. So you know what? His mazal is going to change. He goes to Laban's house. Oh, what happened in Laban's house? Seven years, they switch a rule. Then another seven years, Rachel. And then all the trickery that Laban did. And oh, by the way, those 20 years that he stayed in Laban's house, very difficult times. Yaakov Abinu, we could say, is the classic example of Sadiq Veratlu. This is a Sadiq 
And look what happened. He's doing everything right. Yaakov Isham Yoshev Alim. Where's the justice over here? It's without a doubt. Yaakov Abinu was now going to be faced. And for sure, whether Yaakov Abinu was challenged, clearly not. But whenever the HaKadur Baruch reveals himself to the Avot, it's not only for the Avot, but it's for the children. It's for us. So what does God show Yaakov Abinu? He shows him the sword of Hashkaha. The sword of Hashkaha Piratit. What's the sword? Akadosh Baruch Hu says, although I'm in the heavens, I am connected to the earth. There is a link. There is a connection. There is a Hibur. And therefore, what signifies the Hibur, the connection between Shemaim Ba'aris? A ladder. The lesson of that ladder is, this is Ya'bet says, that whatever's going on on earth is Mutsab Bashamayim. Already is preordained as being managed and micromanaged from the heavens. And through what? Through the angels. has agents. These agents are called Malachim. Poriolam dispatches the angels with a job. Go down and do this. Go down and do this. Now, different than human beings, because we also dispatch messengers. But once we dispatch the messenger, we have no idea what he's doing. We have no clue. Is he doing what we ask? What is he thinking? Is, is, is he performing? That's why it says, Boreolam is looking over the ladder. He knows exactly what the angels are doing, and the execution is flawless. And therefore, he's telling Yaakov Abinu, you're now about to enter the Nisayon of Sadiq Veratlo. But you must know, I'm watching you. I'm connected. It's not random. Whatever's going to happen to you from now that you ran away, and Elifaz took your money, and Esav Shuk may try to kill you, and do all this over here, don't get flustered. Don't lose the Emunan Ashkaapirati. Don't say it doesn't make sense. I'm doing everything right. This is what happens to me. Finished. I quit. No, the Sulam is a lesson to all Jews in all generations. That comes and tells you what? That there's a connection from Shamayim and Aris and all the shlichuts that are taking place in the Shamayim and the Aris. God is, is watching, God is over it. Beautiful. Now, I will tell you further that in our we see another unbelievable example of Sadiq Vera'lo. In this case, it's Sadiq Vera'lo. You see, because the rule of Sadiq Vera'lo is not. Uh, is not limited to gender of male. It applies to females also. And who's that? will do the greatest uh, mitzvah and one of the hardest acts maybe ever done by any lady in the history. She comes along and she gives the simanim to le'ah. Let's put that in perspective what that means. That means she's going to share her husband. She's going to let Le'ah become one of the imahot, which is a tremendous zechut. That means she's going to also bore Shevatim, which is an incredible thing. Uh, to share Yaakov, to, give the, uh, 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 to make Le'ah the primary wife. I mean, she's the first wife. Not to embarrass her. So she's willing to live with that for her whole life. What a tremendous zechut. I mean, 
you would ask me, when we go to the rabbis today, the rabbi, we want to sing with they tell you, be mevater, be mevater, you know, don't, don't stand on your uh, principles, don't stand on your kavod, and Buna will give you a miracle. So Rahel is not, she's, she's mevater a husband. She's mevater a kavod, she's mevater everything. All to what? To le'ah, not to embarrass. What happens to the is Rahel? And then what happens? Le'ah is having children, and Rahel akara. What happened to the sigulot? What happened to the vitur? What happened to... It doesn't make any sense. We go to Big Rabbanim, they tell us, do this, this, so we get a barakah. Here, Achel is the example of everything that we're talking about. And instead of bringing a positive result, what does she say? Habani Banim. I have children. She's considered met. Just like Yaakov Abinu. She's considered met. That's the, that's, the, that's the reward. That's the reward. So again, you see... It looks like randomness, Hasro. It looks like it doesn't matter. You might, you might as, in, in America, they say it doesn't pay to be good. It doesn't pay to be good. What do you be good for? You be good and you still get uh, the short end of the stick. Hasro Shalom. We don't believe that, but that's what people say. And Nachel Emanu's case, she did everything good and uh, she's still struggling. She can't bring a child. Watch what happens. Unbelievable piece here. So she tells, um, she tells, Yaakov Abinu Alav Shalom. Okay, take my maidservant. Rabotai, I know this is a Tidim class. I know it's not a homage class. Rabotai, I know it's not a homage class. But if you're not going to understand what I'm telling you now, you're not going to understand the the, the, the chapter of Tehillim. The sword of Perechaf is in this. Now, Baruch Hashem, Mena Shamayim, it landed right where we need to be. So you're hearing a parashat class. But guess what? If we learned it in the summer, I still would have to bring you back to parashat by Yitzhah. Because this is where the sword of Perechaf is. It's regardless, it's here. Anyway, Bilha. Okay. So Bilha becomes now the maidservant or the shufha. And what happens? She has a child. One of the children is called uh, Naftali. Naftali. Rabotai, probably the hardest one of the Shivatim to explain why the name Naftali. What is it Naftali? So the Pasuk says, I'm reading in Perik Lamed Pasuk Het. You know why we're going to call her Naftali? She names it Naftali. Naftule Elohim Niftalti. You got it now? Now I understand why it's called Naftali, because Naftule Elohim Niftalti. You say the word three, four times in different conjugations. So now I don't understand Naftali, I don't understand Naftule, and I don't understand Niftalti. You just made it three times worse than it was. Im Achoti, with my sister, Gam Yacholti, and I was able. But Rashi won Naftali. I don't know. Rashi. Rashi over here quotes from a Rav, called Menachem ben Saruk. Menachem ben Saruk did us a big favor. He went and he wrote a mahberet, a booklet, and he took all the words of the Torah and he wrote similar words and the roots of the words. So like in the word Naftali, we don't know, we don't know what the root of it, of it is. So he writes in the book, Naftali, and he writes a word next to it, which is another word that you do know, so you can make a, a, a link. He wrote the origins of words. That's called Menachem ben Saruk. So that she quotes him a lot. 
מנחם בן סרוק פירשו במחברת, צמיד פתיל, הפתיל, פתיל, פתיל, נפתלי, פתיל, למה צמיד פתיל? למה אתה טומאה קייס? חזק, you have a kelly, and you have stuff in the kelly, and it's in a house where there's a met, but the Torah says if it's covered and sealed, so then it protects what's inside from becoming tamer. So that she learns it, Samit Patil, Hiburim, it's sealed, meaning it's attached, it's mechubar. So he says, uh, Now I am attached to my sister, I also have children. Which means there's a Hibur, there's a connection. I didn't have children till now, and now I have children through my Shifha. That's the way he explains it. Comes the great Gaon Malbim. Rabotai, hold on to your seats. This will be the, 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 the gem of the day. This Malbim was Kedai. Just to have today's shoot here is Malbim. Malbim says, Naftule Elohim. And by the way, Naftule Elohim. Interesting, Elohim. I would have thought on a, on a, on a, on a child being born, Yudke Vavke, Yudke Vavke. Especially was a boy, wasn't a girl. Yudke Vavke, it's a Havaya. Why Elohim? Elohim sounds like Midat Adin. Says Midlashon Samit Patil. He also says Samit Patil. What is that? We explains it. Shehum Meinyan Kisui. Oh, which means when you have this keli with the item inside of it, what does the Patil mean? You're covering it. You're covering it. Patil means to cover it so you don't see the contents inside. It's covered. So basically, Naftali's name is the one that is covered, the one that is patir, the one that is concealed. What kind of name is that? Rotzel Omar. Ha'inyanim shebeni uben achoti. The life situations between me and my sister. Madua yaldahi velo anochi. Why is she having the children and not me? I'm doing everything right. I gave it to my husband. I generated the zechut, and she's getting all the children. Yesh bazeh naftule Elohim. These are the concealments of God. These are things that we cannot see or understand or comprehend. They are things that are covered to the eyes. It's naftule Elohim, and it's the judgments, because these seem like judgments. This is a deen. Why, why can't I have children? It's Elohim. We don't understand and we don't see the judgments of God. Hainu sodot Elohim. These are the secrets of God. Udvarim ne'elamim umchusim. They're hidden. Me'en basar, from the eyes of humans. Asher bam niftal v'nitkaseh inyanam. Their inyanim are covered. And then he says, Kimi ya'amod besod Hashem. Who, who, who do you think is smart enough to figure out sod Hashem? We can't figure it out, Abotai. We don't have the, 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 the brain power of the Boreh, obviously. So he says, but gam yacholti. Why gam yacholti? That even though I don't understand it, and even though why am I having children through a concubine, and Laz having children directly, and I did all the sechuyot over here, it's naftule, it's concealed samit patil. But you know what? Rachel Menu says yacholti. I can tolerate it. You know why? The esbol otam besimha. I can tolerate it besimha. Because God's a tzaddik and his mishpatim are emet and we don't know why God does everything. So here you see in this perashah both Yaakov and Rachel 
Both go through the same inyanim, tzaddik lo, difficult times, and they both come to the same conclusion that what? Everything's good. There's hashkacha peratit. Why does Hashem do it? It's a kisui. It's a naftali. It's a petil. It's covered up. We don't know why God does things. So does Hashem nireab. At that point over there, they do what's called in the holy books, both Yaakov and Nachel, do what's called a mitu kadin. What does a mitu kadin mean? That whenever there's a deen in the world that you don't understand, that's, that's represented in the name Elohim. Elohim means judgment. When you come along and you say that even though it's judgment, that there's God in the judgment, that the Elohim is being uh, 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 managed by Hashkaha, that's bringing the Havaya and putting it in the Elohim. The Havaya in the Elohim, Elohim, by the way, is the same gematria as Hateva. Hateva means nature. Sometimes it looks like this is, a, people have children, people don't have children, some people make money. It looks like, you know, Mother Nature, things are just running on automatic. That's representing the Shim Elohim. And the job of a Jew is not to keep it in Elohim in thinking that it's just a product of nature. Take the Yudke Vavke and stick it into the Elohim. That's the sword of the Shiluv of Avaya Elohim. That's the sword of what? Yabok. The sword of Yabok is to recognize that even the things that look like randomness, like it's just happening as, you know, open the statistics. The people that are going to get sick, the people that are going to be infertile, the people that are not going to get married, the facts are, the, the, the scientists will tell you all the numbers. Ah, so you're going with Elohim, you're going with what? Numbers and statistics and randomness. The goal of the tzaddik is what? To make a mitukadin, to put the yud kebabke and put it in there and say, no, it's all it's all from God. Or if that's the case, Rabotai, we understand something, something beautiful over here. We understand something beautiful. Look at the Lashon of, 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 uh, the, of the Malbin. Kam yakolti. She says, once you know that everything is from Yudke Bavke, I could cope. Emunah is a, is, 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 is a coping mechanism. If you don't have Emunah, you go crazy. Why is this happening to me? Gam Yacholti. Once I know it's a Naftuleh, that it's a hidden item, and it's coming from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Ezbol Otam Besimcha. Ki Tzadik Hashem V'yashav Ishpatav. So I made the following observation, Abotai. After Yaakov has the dream of the ladder. Now again, this is he has no money, a fugitive, he has to run away, troubles. What does the Pasuk say? The Pasuk writes right after he has the dream, he starts to travel. So the Pasuk writes in his travelings, the Pasuk writes, and I quote, I'm reading Perechavtet Pasuk Alev, Vayisai Yaakov Raglav. Okay, Yaakov lifts his legs. Wow, strange language. Vayisai Yaakov Raglav. By the way, when you walk, you don't lift your legs. You lift one leg at a time. Lifting your legs would mean you are flying. That's what it says. After Yaakov understood the hashkaha, he's flying, no problem, no questions. Now already it's easy. It's not a, it's not a burden anymore. He's flying. He's flying. He, he, you would say he would go to sleep now, put his hand under the covers, depressed. No, you tell me this hashkaha. So the Shem Nirav, Naftule, Naftalti, Bismcha, he accepts them, Bismcha. Vayisai Yaakov Raglav, he lifts his, his legs, and he has no questions. And that's obviously the Ma'aseh Avot, 
Siman, Lebanim, that explains, says the Gaon Ya'abetz, why the parasha of Vayetzeh is all one long, uh, you know, run-on sentence with no parashiot ketanot. Why? You remember we learned in the Gemara, I think it was Megillah maybe, what was the purpose of these parashiot ketanot? Why is each parasha broken up into smaller paragraphs? So the Gemara explains it was done like that because that's way Moshe Rabbeinu was taught it. He was taught it, and then there was a break so he could digest it and understand it. The breaks represent Moshe Rabbeinu understanding. And then once the break was over, we continue. That's the Reva. The Reva is an order that Moshe should understand. Says the Yavetz. But that's only on things that you can understand. But when it comes to Tzadik Veral, no, you can't understand it. Therefore, there's no breaks. On the contrary, if there's going to be a break, you'll go out of your mind. If you're going to start to take a break and try to figure it out, Azmi Shalom, you can come to lose your imuna. Why is this happening? Don't think too much. Weiter. Go further. Go, go further. Don't question on Tzadik Hashem v'yashad In Avel. He knows exactly what he's doing. Therefore, the lack of, of pauses in Parashat V'yetzeh is the inyan of, not the question more, I'm just to accept, accept that there is a hashkaha. Oh, if that's the case, Rabotai, we go back to our Perik. We go back to our Perik in the Tehidim. All of a sudden you have the tzaddik. And what happens? He goes to what's called Yom Tzara. And who's the tzaddik that teaches us how to cope at the time of Yom Tzara? Who's the one that teaches us how to cope that when things are not going correctly and you're a religious person and you're a person that's devout and you're a person that expects things to go right the tzaddik never expects that there should be a Yom Tzara. The tzaddik only expects yom simcha. But inevitably, David Melech says, God is going to answer you by yom sarah. And what? And your strength is going to come from Elohei Yaakov, because he was the tzaddik v'ra'lo. He went through it. And where did he get his strength? From the makom of the Mikdash, because that's where he had the dream. Yaakov Abinu had his dream where? In Yerushalayim. Where was the dream of the Sulam? In Eretz Yisrael, by the Makom Mekdash. So God will send his aid, from that holy city, and therefore, the Pasuk comes along and says, uh, as we go further, because all this is uh, uh, giving you the Pesukim uh, uh, to explain it, the Goyim, they have their gods. This one trusts, you know, the Rechev, the technology. The Ele Basusim. These trust the Susim, which is the nature. Everybody has their gods. But where do we put our trust? Uh huh. We believe in Hashem Elokenu. That's the key. We believe in Hashem Elokenu, which is the sword of Yabok. We believe that even though things look like random Elokenu, but there's Hashem in there. That everything is being micromanaged by Hashem. The goyim, guy got hit by a car, guy got run over by a horse. Eh, statistics, you know, people happen. To, no, everybody credits things to the, the to the nature. This one says it would happen because it is, and we say no, 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 nothing happened without divine intervention, and therefore we come along and say What happens to somebody that has no emunah when he falls? That's it. He's down for the count. Because Imunah is a buoy. Imunah is a lifesaver. Imunah lifts you up. But if you don't have Imunah and you come along your whole life saying, 
uh, bad luck, bad mazal, uh, wrong place at the wrong time. You can eat yourself up. You go crazy. I once heard Rabbi Shlomo Amar, uh, may live and be well, he was consoling somebody that their, their child was on a honeymoon in uh, Indonesia, and then when they had the tsunami, I think that's where it was, the tsunami, and the, the, the couple came home in body bags. They went on the honeymoon. And Rabbi Amar has to console these people. What is he going to tell them? And the lady was very, very distraught. Rabbi Amar obviously showed very much empathy on his face. And then he says, it's enough pain what happened. Don't put yourself through more pain to try to figure it out. You're only going to hurt yourself more. Don't. It's, I mean, he, he, he was able to explain to her, it's painful enough to tsar. Now you're going to put yourself through more pain to try to understand. You're not going to understand it. It's an act of God. So that's you it's a petil. It's a it's a concealed item. It's somewhere in there. You don't see it. You don't don't stop. Don't pause. You can't pause because if you're going to pause, it's only going to lead you to to bad questions. Therefore, keep on going. Keep on going. And uh, one day we'll explain it. And that's the sword of Yabok. And that's why at the end of the chapter it says Adonai Yoshia. When does God bring us salvation? Hamelech the King Yaanenu beYom Korenu. That's the sword of Yabok, which is Havaya Elohim. The redemption and the salvation comes when the person realizes that everything is done to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And guess what? When it comes to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then already you can accept it. Then already you can tolerate it. Then already you have a salvation already, even through the troubles. Even through Yaakov's troubles, by Yisai Yaakov Raglav, he's flying. Even through the troubles of, of Rahadimenu, Naftali, finished. It's a Samit Patil. Gam yacholti, gam yacholti, she says. I could accept it. Why could she accept it? Because she understands it from Hashem. So Hashem Moshiach, if you want to have a, a, a Yeshua, even during the troubles, before the Yeshua comes, we want to have a Yeshua in the darkness. How is that? Ya'anenu biyom korenu, the sword of Yabok, to recognize that even in the Midat HaTeva, which is Gimata Elokin, there's the Yud Kevavke, there's indeed the, the Havaya, and then once a person uh, recognizes that, he makes what's called the mitukadin. And that was the greatness of Yaakov Abinu. Yaakov Abinu, when he goes to fight the angel in this week's perashah, he knows everything he's about to do is all predestined. Another guy would say, hey, what are you going out at night? It's dangerous to go out at night. There's wild dogs. Uh, there's uh, sakanab. There's criminals out. Before Yaakov Abinu goes out, ma'avar yabok. He makes the kavanav yabok. Havaya Elohim. The footsteps of man are all predetermined. Wherever Hashem puts me, it's not the stam a, 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 a coincidence. All from Nashkara. And sure enough, once he put himself in Ma'abari Yabok, the sword of Ma'abari Yabok, what ended up happening? The Malach felt his knees. They felt him. And they were down the Berachot. They said, the Berachot belonged to you, Yaakov. He ended up getting everything from, from the Satan, the Malach of Esav. <coughs> this is really the sword of this chapter. The chapter reminds us that even though there's going to be, unfortunately, days that we refer to as Yom Tzara, but we have to take the lesson of Elohei Yaakov. And Elohei Yaakov is the dream that he had in Kodesh and Sion. And at that point over there, when we recognize this, ultimately, God will give us all our needs, even though we don't understand it at the time. Those believe in Rechev and those believe in Susim, but we believe in Hashem and Even the nature is being guided directly by God Himself. And therefore they fall because they don't understand anything. And therefore they fall from depression and they fall from, 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 from brokenheartedness. 
But the Jewish people always come, Venet Odad. What does the word Venet Odad mean? Rabbi Hirsch explains, Venet Lashon Od, meaning Venet Odad. There's always more for the Jewish people. There's always continuity. Venet Odad. That means we never got knocked out. Even though we go through difficult times, what happens to the Jew? He gets up. What happened to Yaakov after the dream? He got up. What? Next. He goes further. Even though he was going to a difficult time, the sword of the Jew is Vanit Odad. Vanit Odad would be what Achel Emenu said. Yachonti. Yachonti. I can move on. Even though I'm having a difficult time. Even though I'm the tzaddeket. Yachonti. Vanit Odad. Od. I can go further. Why is that? Because we believe in the sword of Ya'anenu Beyom Koreenu, which is the theme of this, uh, this, 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 this chapter. The sword of Yabok. The sword of Habaya Elokim. That is Habaya Betokateva, that the Kadosh Baruch Hu is micromanaging all the things, which is one of the Ikarim. That not only I need Ba'amim Beboreh, I need Ba'amim Beboreh Shu Mashkiyah, and that's the sword of Shema Yisrael. We learned today in Yisod Veshur Shavodah, Shema Yisrael, who's Yisrael? Yaakov Abinu. Because Yaakov Abinu lo met. Yaakov Abinu is still alive. So the Yisod Veshur Shavodah says, we're talking to our father Yaakov. Shema Yisrael, listen Yisrael, our father. Hashem Elokeinu, you taught us that secret from the Sulam, Hashem Elokeinu, we believe in Hashem, even through Elokeinu, through the judgments, that it's all like Baruch Hu, Hashem Echad, and ultimately it's all good. And therefore we're, we're telling Yaakov Abinu, you're the one that brought us down that sword during the dream. Therefore every day we come and testify to Yaakov, it's a testimony, that's why the ayin of the Shema is big, and the Dalit of the Dalit of Echad is big, that's Edut. We're giving a testimony. And the Zohar Kadosh says, when Yaakov hears this testimony, he goes up to Kadosh Baruch Hu and says, look, Borei Olam, 2,000 years later, 3,000 years later, they slept the Emunah on this. And Borei Olam says, look how precious, Yaakov, you're so fortunate that your children, you have children like this. Ma'u kayam, mazar o kayam, afu kayam. That we have the same belief system from Yaakov Abinu from that dream. And therefore, the parasha setuma, which is totally one long parasha, is on purpose. Not to put any Rebah bin Adivakim. So we should be Zokhir Abotai. Hashem should give us all our needs. But even if we have, uh, we go through some struggling times, we have to know it's all the plan. And you don't have to know the plan. You don't have to know why the plan is as such. But you just have to know that there's a, there's, a, there's a rhyme and a reason behind it. And there's an orchestrator behind it. And that's the divine providence, which is Hashkahapir Atit. The sword of Ya'aninu Biyom Koreenu. The sword of Ma'avar Yabuk. Stop over here. I wish our members a yom tov.